sing glory! So, I just talked to Tanya. Who's Tanya, may you ask? Well, Tanya Papanikolov is this ball of energy uniting the wonders of wellness through her recipes, imagery, relatability, and her love of mushrooms. In solid terms, she's a holistic nutritionist, speaker, functional foods recipe developer, and the mind behind the well woman in Rainbow, her recently launched brainchild, optimizing health and open minds with medicinal mushrooms. In advocating for her own health, paired with this keenness for knowledge, she's reached a place where through community and her own platforms, she's providing and contributing to this ever-growing compassion and comprehension we have in regards to the self mind, body, and spirit. It is people such as Tanya who, through actually having acted as her own guinea pig at times, are providing accessible resources and knowledge within an industry that would very well seek to undermine you in both what you're consuming and your expenditure on set product. So, without further ado, feast your ears. This is Just Mushrooms with Tanya Papanikolov. A quick heads up. We're dealing with an overseas conversation here, so the audio may reflect this. Coming to you from Toronto, Canada, in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. So, as a holistic nutritionist, your work is very much based in the realm of really spreading the knowledge of how to best achieve a balanced self in mind and body and spirit. And to begin, there's so much I want to get into, but... Um, the Well Woman and your recent conception of Rainbow. Big congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Just to keep things in chronological order, um, if you could <laughs> provide an outline as to what The Well Woman is and how it came about and why you chose to embark on this journey. Totally. So The Well Woman is um, essentially my, my brainchild and passion project and something that I just couldn't help but start and come out of me. Um, the idea kind of came to me in a meditation, and I knew, I, I already had, had a different blog at the time, and I was in school, and I all I knew was that I wanted to get this message out to as many people as possible, and just spread the knowledge and, and education, and create an inspiring way of living which is different and healthy and alternative. And um, that was kind of what it was all about. Um, it was it was not about making money or it was just like really doing something from my heart. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where it started and now has evolved into it's still doing that. Um, the basis of it is education. But now that I've kind of finished school, I it's a platform that I... Um, kind of used to continue to educate. Um, I see clients now and um, I kind of guide people along their health journey and uh, we work together in various capacities. Um, sometimes it's from a preventative health perspective if they just want to stay well and keep getting better and other times they have more chronic illnesses and we'll work to change that through diet and plant-based eating and supplementation where necessary and lifestyle changes, um, and I'll kind of act as a guide and mentor through that process. Um, but really, it's still just about educating people on holistic health and 
you know, how amazing plants are and what they do for our bodies and consciousness and the environment. So um, that's still the main kind of message being pushed forward. Where did you study? So I studied in Toronto at a school called the Institute of Holistic Nutrition. Um, so really, I, we're really fortunate to have that program in Toronto. Um, a lot of nutritionists will go through the online program based in New York, the Functional Nutrition, I can't, oh no, IIN, I think it is, Institute of, anyways, I can't remember the exact um, name of it, but um, yeah, we're really fortunate. We have a, an actual school, two schools in Toronto um, and all in other parts of Canada as well, where you can physically study holistic nutrition with teachers and herbalists and Ayurvedic doctors. Um, so I did that program. But my, my love for food and nutrition really started as maybe when I was around 13, 12, around there. Um, and I, I always I had a really sensitive body um, and, and couldn't eat certain foods that really got me um, involved in my diet in a different way because I was, you know, I couldn't eat certain things and things affected me a certain way. So I went on to study nutrition in um, university and I thought that I was going to go down the path of becoming a naturopathic doctor and, uh, or a dietitian or something of that sort, but then kind of realized that that wasn't my path either and was working in a different, completely different field for a few years and then health complications and just kind of a wake-up call and starting yoga and meditation just kind of set me back on my original path, which was always in that space of, of food. And as a child, I always knew, like, I would always tell my parents, like, I'm, I'm going to be helping people. Um, so I kind of knew that as a kid, too. So it just really spiraled right back to this place of wellness and connectivity with yourself. Exactly. And I can only imagine that people with sensitivities towards food, they're constantly just trying to find something where it's not going to create a problem within their body and they just want to enjoy enjoy a meal. Were there any f- favorite foods that you had during this time where you had to really kind of watch out what you were consuming? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I so... My heart, like, so goes out to um, people that are, like, it, it can be really challenging when when you can't eat a lot of food and you're just getting frustrated and you're in this loop and it feels like you can't eat anything and yeah. I really try and get people to um, not focus on the limitations of food but really focus on the options and the incredible supportive nutrient-dense foods that are available at their fingertips that are going to better their bodies and support their mind. So trying to shift it away from like, oh, I can't eat pizza anymore. I can't eat this anymore. Um, When really you can make healthier alternatives to those things. And if you don't have time to make them, then somebody can make them for you or there's a simple recipe or um, options for eating at restaurants that provide that. Um, So I've never, I'm trying to think, I guess maybe like one that I've struggled with has been bread. I love, I love bread so much. Yeah. And I'm not by any means like gluten intolerant, uh, um, or I don't have yeah I don't have a gluten allergy, but I'm definitely very conscious on what bread I am consuming, and it doesn't always work with my system. So I've had to be pretty careful around that, which has meant sometimes saying no to my grandmother's most 
delicious bread and feta and, um, you know, spinach spinach pita. But other times I indulge. It just kind of depends on where I'm at and where my body's at. But, um, yeah, I would say bread has been, can be a challenge for many. Bread is definitely, oh, in all of its shapes and forms, it's amazing. Yeah. Do you have any food allergies or Um, intolerances? Around two years back. My, I got to a place where my gut was pretty wrecked, I'd say. And so it just comes as being a young person, and you don't really know how to navigate that space or the physical body. And then one day, like many, there's a wake-up call, and you're like, oh, okay, I really need to take care of like my physical self. Um, I just, yeah, I just feel like we're so focused on career or I don't know, going out with friends or our personal lives, and then... The body is a temple, and one day you'll wake up and realize that, and you really need to educate yourself on that. Totally. Yeah, it's beautiful realization to come across and to start really believing it and following that. I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of, I had IBS, um, so like irritable bowel syndrome, and yeah, a lot of gut healing to do. That was one of the places where I had a big imbalance. So it definitely started there. Um, and, and my first realization of it was when I was like 13 or 14 when I had lactose intolerance and just couldn't couldn't consume milk, milk products anymore, thank God, in hindsight. I, yeah, it, and then kind of in my earlier 20s, it was constant digestive issues. That kind of runs in, in my family with my sister and I. Um, so while I was at IHN studying, I was my own kind of guinea pig and self project. And that was when I was, um, yeah, doing like major gut healing and repairing the lining and, um, you know, peeling my liver. So it was, it was a lot, a lot of people are brought into this field because of, um, issues in their own body and it can be such a blessing in disguise because it allows for that. For those those sensitivities just allow for us to like really start to be more self aware and conscious of what we're putting in. I don't know if you're willing to maybe open up a little bit to one of perhaps the technicalities of how you healed your gut because I'm I'm hearing stuff like healing with the liver and the gut lining and I have no idea how I would approach that. Well, I was at the time learning a lot about it in school, but I was also under the guidance of um, a natural healer. And she was one of my teachers at the time. So um, I was trying a lot of things that I was learning. But um, I do advise that you kind of undergo that process with somebody who who knows what they're doing. Um, if you're going to start supplementing. And, and that's kind of where what I started doing. So I was using um, red reishi mushroom to heal the liver. And kind of just like really calm my adrenals and there was a lot of things happening in my body and then from a gut perspective it was a lot a lot a lot of nourishing foods I eliminate most things from my diet for a pretty long time and I was consuming a lot of bone broth a lot of soups roasted veggies um there's like there's four r's in the gut healing protocol um and you kind of start with like repairing and re-inoculating with good things. So I was using probiotics, um, high-dosing 
probiotics on like, at a therapeutic level. Um, and yeah, just a lot of nourishing foods. And for my liver, I was, and I wouldn't advise anybody doing this, but I'm just quite experimental with myself. Um, <clears throat> so I was, I was doing like liver gallbladder flushes and that really helped. Whoa. Yeah, I, I got pretty weird. Um, but I'm just, I'm the type of person that, you know, I wasn't doing it alone and I wasn't just reading a book. I was, I was, you know, studying it and I, I could always reach out to my teachers if I, you know, was getting into trouble. But, uh, yeah, that really worked for me. And everyone is so unique. So typically how I start when I'm working with a client and a lot of it comes down to digestive issues, um, and in Ayurvedic medicine, it's kind of the the gut and the digestive system are believed to be the seat of our health, and that's where all imbalances start. And that's why in Ayurvedic medicine, it's like your digestive fire and really taking care of of that system comes first and foremost because that's our immune system. That's you know the center that is digesting extracting all of the nutrients from our food so it really it does need to be on fire yeah um so yeah actually coming on like that last part in the mornings I've heard people say that you should never consume anything cold right off the bat because that would just douse that fire right out I wouldn't advise shocking your body with like cold right away um, unless you have like a really strong constitution, but it depends on what season it is, you know, your constitution, your body type, that kind of thing. But yeah, typically, and most of us don't think would do too well shocking, shocking the body in that kind of capacity. I would go more the route of like warm lemon water to stimulate the bowels and, um, to get the digestive juices flowing before anything. And also we're just pretty dehydrated after seven to eight hours of sleep. Um, so, you know, if it really works for someone, then cool, like go for it. But if it's like a new practice that you're going to start trying, I mean, I, I would probably just go for something warmer and yeah, really get those digestive juices and fires going and then opt for like a cold shower or something um, of that nature. current undertaking rainbow will be bringing us medicinal mushroom based functional food products um near and hopefully far at some point um yes but i'd love to get to europe yes um but for now how did you come about yeah doing rainbow and what are you hoping to achieve with it yeah so i Oh, Rainbow. I'm so excited to bring Rainbow to life, um, and it's already happening. So <clears throat> I've, I've really loved medicinal mushrooms um, and started learning a lot about them about five years ago when I was foraging in Canada, up north, um, with some friends of mine, and um, that just, like, really spawned my love and really revering these magical species um, that are on our earth and provide an immune system for our planet and you know they're they're just it's they're a really mystical thing for many um the potential to heal us the potential to kill us to you know expand our consciousness so um 
my my goal with Rainbow is really to get as many people as possible using medicinal mushrooms on a daily basis. And there's a big stigma with, with mushrooms. So a lot of it is going to be education um, and really getting us familiar with, with what they are. They're already in, you know, something crazy like 42% of pharmaceuticals are using mushrooms. They are, you know, incredibly antibacterial, antiviral. They protect us against like smallpox There's and, and various other um, you know, diseases that we have vaccinations out for. But yeah, they're, they, they're just really, really healing and um, nutrient dense and amazing for our bodies. So my goal is really to get as many people as possible more comfortable with medicinal mushrooms, what they are, how they can use them, make it really easy to integrate it into their lifestyles. Um, and also just have fun because that's, you know, a big an important topic of of enjoying life and doing something that um, comes from our heart and that is fun to do. Yeah, and I feel like people are so much more receptive when that is an element that is present. No, t- entirely, and it comes across in in a business and um, in its in the people running it. So yeah, it's always always an element, and um, you know, nature is just like such an incredible force that I feel lucky to be able to work with plants and mushrooms and do that on a daily basis. And how much would you say we should be consuming? Because I don't know, there's like so many species and there's so many different mushrooms for different purposes. Um, So you can consume mushrooms on a daily basis. Um, I would, and so it kind of depends on dosage. So you can use mushrooms um, at a more therapeutic higher dose if you're really working on a health concern and an illness. Um, So there's various ways, but in terms of like an everyday use, you're gonna get down to like a lower dosage um, and that will still absolutely affect your body and contribute to your overall wellness. Um, But the the heavy hitters and the ones that are really common are shaga and reishi and cordyceps and lion's mane. Um, And so I take cordyceps and lion's mane daily via tincture, um, which will be available through Rainbow soon. Um, And you can take it in a powder, you can take it in a tincture. Um, And I just like the tincture because it's really, really easy. You can put put some in your coffee or or tea. Um, And so those are going to be really, that's cognitive enhancement. Um, They provide, you know, support our energy, libido, um, athletic performance, lion's mane is really incredible for the brain, um, for clarity, focus, memory, it has nerve, you know, this really powerful nerve growth factor compound in it, so it's being studied for its uses for Alzheimer's and dementia, um, and it's just so important that we know these things and can try and prevent these diseases, um, prevention is so, so important, and, you know, when we're young and well, before any of these any of these issues kind of take place, if we can just be really supporting our bodies, then we can avoid having to suffer through any of those conditions. Um, so yeah, I would just I would take small small amounts. You can take a tincture, a dropper of that. You can also brew shaga tea. You can brew shaga and reishi together. 
and those are really potent antioxidants and have so many benefits as well. Yeah, and then Rainbow will have some other food products that I'll be excited to share at some point um, that will make the process even easier to kind of have every, your everyday practices be infused with, with mushrooms. I'd love to know, is Rainbow something you set up with friends? How did you kind of structure like the setup of this business? Because it definitely is a subject that can be frowned upon. I've talked about this within my community and I definitely know that I, I receive a bunch of eye rolls and like raised eyebrows and I'm like, whoa, how do you kind of enter a business setting and really help me the technicality of that when it is a subject that is still pretty new to the masses? Yeah, no, totally. It can, um, there are a lot of subjects that can feel alienating to many. But, um, so with Rainbow, I, I had, okay, so there were, it was in kind of many stages and it's all kind of aligned in this really beautiful way, but um, I had the idea for, for these mushrooms and these products to exist earlier, I would say in around January or February, I started kind of like the inklings of this started coming through and I, my mind was being open to what this could be. And so a lot of that was just kind of like brainstorming and really getting aligned on like what the main mission was um, if I if I would embark on this. And because I, I too kind of like have had an internal struggle with like, oh, another wellness product. Like, is that really what we need? And I don't believe in, you know, necessarily having all these things to make you feel better but I just really genuinely wholeheartedly believe that we need to be more connected to nature and that mushrooms provide that and that and that this can actually like it's a lifestyle for me because I consume them so much all day long and I get all of my friends that I kind of like bring them around with me and get all of my friends like having medicinal mushrooms and they get excited about it too and my clients as well so um yeah so that was kind of there and then I have a close friend um that has done the branding and so we kind of had a really fun couple days up at her cottage and we did some brainstorming and talked about all of these elements of nature and magic and like what the whole purpose of this is and and from there we kind of had this like brain child together um and called it rainbow and yeah and then kind of set out on the venture and she's been helping ever since oh i love that it's so refreshing to hear that that's how a business was born compared to so many more of the traditional ways no totally um yeah that's that's the only thing that would make sense for me. Like, my brain just doesn't operate in a way. In fact, like, learning business is, has been the biggest challenge for me um, because starting this has been, like, you know, a mini MBA because I'm figuring out supply chain for the first time yeah. and financing and, like, doing, you know, things that I didn't do for the well woman um, that are really important things to do and to really treat this as a separate en entity and... Um, you know, to under, really understand the, the business side of things um, is, is, yeah, it's been a learning curve and it's been really fun too and challenging and all of those things. But um, definitely, like, I need, I, I, I just believe that one's heart needs to be in the right place for why you're doing this because, <clears throat> yeah, we're just at a point in humanity where, like, if 
we're not building, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, if we're not building conscious businesses and spreading that from the right place, then we just need more of it. We need more people doing it that way. Yeah, I truly believe that it really comes down to your intention behind something at the end of the day. Stepping away from the mushrooms, I kind of want to delve into not say like supplements, but I, I do know that B1, B2, and B12 can be uh, major players in terms of converting food to energy. Yeah, those B vitamins are essential. Yes, but I don't know, say a blissfully free afternoon and we can just actually make like a solid meal. Um, do you have any recommendations in something that would boost overall cognitive function and energy levels? Yeah, so, well, plant-based eating, I believe provides all of those benefits um, and I guess really just when you're eating that way it doesn't have to be that you're just getting it from one meal but that you're really sustained from your diet on a daily basis um, because you know there aren't too many like the goal of it isn't like oh cognitive boost like just for my morning that the ideal place to be would bet would be that you know you're waking up rested and um that you're extracting your nutrients from your food and assimilating and digesting and getting your omega-3s and sixes from food but um yeah I guess if you're going from like a cognitive perspective then you want to make sure that your foods are <clears throat> have high sources of your omegas because that is brain food um and what our brains are are built off of so the omega-3s are extremely important and you can get those from lots of different plant sources um, of course there's really high amounts in healthy fish as well but yeah you can get them from chia seeds and flax seeds and pumpkin seeds sunflower seeds primrose oil that kind of thing you can dress your salad with so I guess I would just really go for a well-balanced meal. I really like macrobiotic bowls that will have a little bit of quinoa, um, so a healthy carbohydrate, um, some healthy fats like avocado and a really delicious pumpkin or sunflower seed dressing, um, some sauerkraut, roasted root veggies right now, so beets and butternut squash or sweet potato, um, a bunch of leafy greens and sprouts, some hemp seeds and chia seeds. That for me isn't going to you know, cause some sort of like an afternoon crash and is really just going to give me a lot of energy and amp me up and kind of give me a cognitive boost as well. But really that just comes from like my body being supported and energized um, by the food I'm consuming. Um, and yeah. then what would you say your eating habits are in regards to the menstrual cycle as well? Do you, are there any certain things that like you intentionally consume around that time? You know, I think I would actually like to get better at this, but um, I have a I have a really regular schedule um, menstrual cycle, and I don't find like I don't find that I I get cravings or PMS or any of the mood imbalancing things. Um, women's cycles aren't actually PMS isn't something like that's normal. It's something that we've all normalized as women um, because a lot of the times our hormones are balanced. But really, our cycles should flow quite naturally, um, and there shouldn't be breast tenderness and bloating and all that stuff. 
I, um, I can't say that I eat specific to my cycle, but definitely I've gone through periods where it has been a lot more irregular, but just eating a plant-based diet has really helped kind of normalize hormones and the digestive kind of feelings. And when you really look at it from a holistic approach, it's not like, you know, if you're, if, if I'm a practitioner and I'm working with somebody on their PMS or on their menstrual cycle irregularity, I would go back to the gut and I would go back to the building blocks of, okay, let's look at what the foundations of your hormones are and what's, what's providing that communication. Where do we start? Most likely we're going to do some work in the gut and um, start to balance the blood sugar and approach it from the perspective of, um, yeah, just what, what, what's the root cause of, of this I definitely want to look further into seed cycling. I don't know if you've heard of that, but I know that, like, I'd love to kind of delve further into that, especially women who use that just to support, not just simply when they're menstruating, but, like, to really keep that going throughout the whole entire month. Totally. Um, Yeah, so seed cycling is, I I do recommend it to, to, yeah, people who are experiencing irregularities in their cycle, Um, and... Off the top of my head, you're using like sunflower seed, primrose, um, and various other oils, and just like 14 days on a specific oil, and then cycling through another 14 days of using a different oil. There's also just like a really supportive seed blend that I like to keep in my freezer, which is um, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, black seeds, um, and chia, and you kind of like grind it. Um, not to create a butter, but like so that it's a bit more of a powder. And you just keep that in the freezer and you can add that to your salads and bowls and that kind of thing, even to a smoothie. Um, and that has all those healthy omega-3s and 6s. And yeah, you can get that on a daily basis via that. This is a perfect segue as well because also just going back to you being a guinea pig, I'd really love to know what your watermelon fast was like. The mono diet. <laughs> The five-day mono diets, personally, I don't know if I could ever give up peanut butter, but yeah, I'd love to know kind of your ritual of doing this with each, with the arrival of each season. So I, I do like to fast um, with the arrival of each season, and summer and spring is kind of like the only time you could really do that on a watermelon fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was inspired to do that, that um, based on some yogic principles that I was reading about and it's definitely pretty out there but I did feel amazing it's not you know like anytime you're fasting isn't really a time where you're super social um, and going out and um, expending a lot of energy because there's not that much that you're creating in the body from food so our energy levels naturally change Um, so it's a really beautiful time to just go inward and reflect and do some writing and focus on what is coming up and just kind of hit the reset button on like let's take a look at where I'm going where I'm at um what do I want these next four months to be about just setting new intentions and giving the digestive system a rest and uh yeah you kind of come out of it feeling re-energized and in very close connection to your body. Um, so at the at the root of it, those are like, you know, really beautiful things to come out, um, to come out of a fast from. And yeah, I, I'll just do like more soup-based warming foods in the winter, in the fall, 
and the watermelon melon one was, yeah, a really strange one, but <laughs> it, was, it was good. I enjoyed it. And having kind of covered all these subjects, and that you've gone to a place where your gut is at 100% healed, or is it, I don't know, can our guts be at 100%, or is it always... Um, I mean, there's no such thing as perfect, so... Yeah, you can you can do your gut healing, but it doesn't mean that um, it's not going to be sensitive once once you know. It would be ideal if we could get back to the place where every once in a while we're reintroducing some of those foods that we had to avoid. Like, yeah, I can have um, some sourdough bread now, and I'm totally fine. Or if I try to think of something else, but uh. I, I go through, I definitely go through periods, so, um, and, and healing is like, not that we're healing from like an ailment, but I definitely see it as this like ongoing way that I just support my body, um, but yeah, I definitely have things that come up where I'm like, oh yeah, I, I can't eat that, I should have known better, and then I kind of, it's, it's, I'm reminding, it's not like I have, uh, I still have a, a sensitive body. Since um, coming from a state where you were previously at with your gut, do you feel that you've been able to connect more with your intuition now that there is more balance? Yeah, I do feel that way. But I think there's a lot of other elements that are contributing factors to that. Um, I think having a strong... having Yeah, like having, having that function optimally really allows for, at the basic level, for our food to be absorbed and for us to get everything that we need from a cellular perspective and from a nutrition perspective. Um, and if that's off balance, then like, sure, there might be some more cognitive disturbances or emotional disturbances or hormonal kind of imbalances, and that will contribute to just like setting us off. So I think at the, the, the very core of it, it's very important to have, um, to have a strong to have strong digestion, um, but there's also other practices that make a lot of a lot of people um, intuitive, and and that can range from yoga to um, just a really strong sense of self and trust in in oneself and in the universe that they're being supported, um, and through meditation and those types of things. So um, I I definitely think it's a range of of different things that contribute to that strong sense of intuition, at least for me. And do you have an example of a time in your life where it was guts versus logic and you went with your gut? Um, I mean, yeah, like a lot of times. Um, I'm trying to think of something specific. Um, guts versus logic. Yeah, I mean, like leaving... <clears throat> I would say that the scariest thing was just leaving a secure, well-paying job when I was 25 or 26. And... Um, and venturing into the unknown world of starting my own business um, and really just believing that that was my path forward and that it was going to be um, atypical and that it didn't involve an office job. And I really couldn't explain why I knew that, but I just had to trust it. And I resisted it for a little while until I just could no longer. Um, but... Yeah, that was definitely like really following and trusting my gut and intuition that was telling me, this is not right, you are not happy, um, it's time to make a change, and just like 
really trusting that I would be supported in that change. But now it all kind of like really flows and, and the trust is just there on a more continual basis and um, there's, you know, the self-doubt isn't isn't a part of it and I just trust that, that the universe is supporting me in everything I do and I, yeah, I, I believe that is true for everyone and especially when we are at positions of change and are ready to make changes. Tanya Papanicola, Guts and Glory, signing off. This was Just Mushrooms with Tanya Papanikolov. Refer to the show notes to further get to know our guest. Share your thoughts and show us some love by subscribing or get in touch to be featured on the podcast. Released every other Monday, thanks for lending us an ear. Passing on the mic.